Welcome to Business Queries, a podcast celebrating the work of the LGBTQIA community. Hosted by Amber Fryer, join in and listen to real and empowering conversations, delving into the individuals and businesses contributing to shaping the future of the global queer community every day. Welcome back to Business Queries. In this episode, we chat to the owner of London's first all-female garage, Banners with Manners. Owned and co-directed by Laura Kennedy, pronoun she, her. We join Laura live from the garage, getting into the trials and tribulations of working in a cis male-dominated trade, empowering a kick-ass female team to drive the industry to a more equal and inclusive space. Let's meet her. Hi, Laura. Welcome to Business Queries. Hiya. Thanks for having me. Um, no worries. It's really, really great to have you on the podcast. Um, and we'll kick off the episode with asking you a little bit about yourself. Can you tell us about yourself? Um, my name is Laura and I'm a co-owner of London's first all-female garage, Spanners with Manners. Great. And um, how did you first get into uh, becoming a mechanic? Like, where did you study? Uh, well, I used to work on the office side um, for main dealers. I worked for quite a few and I really just didn't like it. Um, I, I found myself in a workshop quite a lot of the time. Um, so I decided to go to college and get on the Spanners and learn a bit and I've been doing it ever since. How did you come across um, becoming a mechanic at college? Was that something that you've always been interested in? Uh, no, I kind of just fell into it. It, it, it wasn't something I've, al- I've always worked in the motor trade when I left school, but I hadn't, um, you know, I, I didn't grow up playing with things and fixing things and stuff like that. I just kind of fell into it. Um, and as soon as I started doing it, I just I realised that this, this is this is what I'm good at. So was that your first job or did you slowly become interested in cars? Uh, my first job was actually for um, worked in admin from Mercedes. Then I'd done parts for VW. Then I'd done service advising for Land Rover. Um, I worked in a body shop for a bit. Um, and it, it's always been revolved around the motor trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, then I, I think by 22, I decided that, you know, I liked being in the workshop, found it quite interesting and I wanted to give it a go. So what inspired you to make that decision? Well, it's quite a big big jump, really, because I, I was working for a main dealer, really, really good money. I had my own really, really nice flat that I shared with a mate. Mm. And when I decided to do the apprenticeship, um, my money went down to the same as any 17-year-old that had just left school um, and had to be back in with my mum. But it's, I, I was happy going to work every day. Every day was different. And I, I just knew that in the long run, um, it would be something I'd be happy doing as a career. When you were in your education um, at college, did you um, ever find yourself, your, your queerness ever being affected? Or did you, when you were at college, did you ever find yourself experiencing what, actually, to be honest, what was college like becoming to be a mechanic? Well, college was awful. I mean, I was 22 and I was in a room full of 30, 30 odd, 17 year old boys. Wow. Um, that, you know, it was, it was like being back at school. Uh, to get on with them a bit um, but I think because I was a little bit older they didn't at, fir- at first they sort of didn't say anything and then they would just sort of make a couple of little jokes but like uh, like a little brotherhood or something they weren't ever really that insulting um, it was more in the workplace that you sort of sort of would get sick for, for in my case being gay mm. um, you know and it was a lot of places that I wouldn't even know my sexuality you know just if they asked their boyfriend nine times out of ten I'd say yes really um, because they well, they just get really sleazy, you know, they'd sort of say, well, like, well, you haven't stepped with me and how do you know? And it just got to the point where it's like, wow. I've come to work, I really don't need to go back. 
Um, and it's even up until, um, obviously, I'm, me and Siobhan are engaged. It's only now that I'm op- openly about being gay in the trade because you just get so much stick for it. It's actually, in this day and age, you'd think it wouldn't be that bad. No, I mean, that's that's sh- shocking to hear that you are still experiencing that kind of, that level of sexism in the workplace. So when gaining your work experience and sort of building your resume, did you ever feel like your queerness was affected by that? And did it affect your gaining experience? Well, to be honest with you, it's it, more than just being gay, it's being a woman. Men, men don't like to teach you this trade. Um, and mm. I've been lucky that I've had some really, really good guys that I've worked for. But to be honest, I'm probably 90% self-taught. You know, oh, you've got to work for yourself and just, just crack on with it because when you start to bypass them with knowledge and doing jobs quicker and what thinking of a quicker way to, to get around something, they really do get sort of, you know, really funny about it. So um, I think just being a woman in this trade is hard enough, but being a gay woman is even sort of tougher because they, they get, they're, they're sort of intimidated. I, I think they kind of feel that because you're interested in women, you think you're, you're, better, you're just better at stuff than them. And they, they do get really intimidated by it the further you progress. And why, why do you think being a mechanic is deemed more of a man's job rather than a woman or, or anyone female identifying? One, because it is so physical. Two, in order to be a mechanic, it's not just about being sort of strong physically. It's, you know, I'm not very academic at all. Um, you know, I, I sort of struggle to, to read through a whole book, but I'm mechanically minded. So my mind works different to Siobhan's, you know, or, or, you know, other people. And I just think, in general, men seem to be more mechanically minded because they've sort of been sort of told, right, you've got to go out and work and it, it, it's manual stuff they do. But I think if women would give more, more the opportunity to do a manual job, a lot of people would, would realise that they're actually more mechanically minded than they thought. You know, some, mm. some people are good with numbers and some people are mechanically minded. And I think women are just, just not given the opportunity to discover, you know, if, if, if that is something that they'd be good at. And why do you think that is? Do you think it's down to like lack of advertising or just generally lack of uh, women being in the industry? Do you know what? I used to just think it was because schools don't promote it. You know, when I was at school, it was like, right, what do you want to be when you grow up? Teacher, accountant and stuff like that. But, you know, these days there, there is that opportunity for it. I just think that, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit confused with it all because since we've opened up this garage, the amount of women we have of all ages, Let's say, um, you know, I really always wanted to do it and, oh, I'd love to give this a go. So it's kind of like, no, maybe they just really didn't think that it's something that they could actually go ahead and do. And do you think social media has really helped you with gaining gaining that exposure and getting that interest? Yeah, I mean, you know, social media is, is fantastic for, for a platform like that. It's amazing. I um, mean, it, it gets it's so many girls out there that realise that, you know, if it's something they want to do, then they, they, could, then they can do it. Yeah, I just saw you guys. Um, you you both got a a little share from Cara Delevingne as well on Instagram. <laughs> How did that feel? <laughs> that was a bit amazing. That was fantastic. You know, it's nice mm. to know that you know someone of her status um, is interested in, in what we're what we're doing. Absolutely. So um, so going back to um, when you were gaining your experience, um, I understand that you worked at Porsche as well for a while. When you were gaining that experience, what sort of, what was the last straw for you? What, what sort of, you know, 
put the idea in your mind that right that's it I I can't I can't deal with this anymore or I want to do my own thing what was the the catalyst for that what do you mean why did I leave there or when when did I start my own so when you were working away and in these other garages um what made you decide to think right I'm gonna go out on my own well the thing is I've always worked six days a week in a garage ever since I was at Venice um but I would also do like my own private jobs in the evening and at weekends so I started building up a custom base from I'd say probably the age of about 25 wow okay I was working for a guy and he'd done sales and repairs and he just said you know what I've had enough of this game I've been in it for 40 years um I'm just going to sell the old car here and there and the you know so I took over the whole garage I took over the, the contract and everything so it sort of happened overnight um but I had I had, I had quite a big customer base already, and since then, um, it's just great. And obviously, where I've took on staff, it, was, it wasn't just me, and it, it's gone from just my little garage to spanners with manners. Yeah, but the customer base has just grown and grown and grown, and I've, I've been really lucky. So what um, what inspired the name Spanners of Manners? I just I just find, even like myself, before I sort of had my own tyre machine, I'd go somewhere else to get my tyres done, and it just seems to be in general in garages and unless you're it's a main deal and you're walking through the door and there's receptions to greet you and stuff like that just normal sort of garages that are scattered around London they're they're not actually polite when you walk in and it makes you not want to go there Mm. um and I was just sort of brainstorming and they just both it just worked (laughs) absolutely no it's it's a great name absolutely great name so when you were taking on your first project then your first garage by yourself did you have in mind that you wanted to have an all-female garage or did it just happen to become that way or was that something you really set out to be as your like sort of main ethos? I took it over originally. I just thought, this is great. Um, I've got my own garage. They'll they have to bring the cars to me. Um, and I just got so busy that I phoned up the college and I, they sent me out four different girls to interview. Um, and Megan by far was, you know, she really, really stood out and she's still with me now. Um, and then all the other girls that I've taken on, they're, they're just girls that have saw us, phoned up and said, look, this is where I'm at in, in, in my career. I'd really like to come work for you. And it's kind of just happened. And the team that we've got just gels so well together. That's absolutely brilliant. So queer representation in the car industry, I mean, from first glance, it doesn't really seem like there is much out there. Do you think that's important that there is queer representation in the car industry? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think there should be queer representation in, it, in every industry, not just mine, you know. And I, I think there's quite a, little, a lot more sort of for motorbikes than there is cars. Just, you know, from, from all the prides and stuff where everyone gets on their motorbikes, especially in, in, in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. And it'd be fantastic if in a couple of years there'd be something like that with, the, with cars over here. Um, you know, just, just something to represent because, you know, there's so many girls that are interested in cars, you know, even if they're not mechanic, but they just zoop up their own cars, you know, they're really proud of them and they put a lot of work with them. And there is a lot out there. Definitely. So when you were um, working yourself, did you ever experience any other types of inequality? I mean, I've worked places before where I found out that um, the other MOT tester who wasn't even as qualified as me in, with other certificates, he was actually on more money than me. Um, and when I, when I did address it to my boss, you know, he, he wasn't interested at all. So I, I just took my toolbox and walked out of there. You know, I wasn't going to stand for that at all. And there was, wow. um, yeah, I've experienced that. That was just twice that's happened actually in two workplaces. That that's terrible. 
I mean, but what I think the worst part of the thing is when it was, it was, you know, I was getting underpaid, and two, when it was addressed, it, it wasn't addressed by the boss at all. It's just sort of reinforced why he was paying a bloke more than he was paying me. So, wow. So when I mean, of course, when creating your own garage, that's you know something part of your own ethos. Why is there not very many female mechanics in London? You're the only garage thus far? Uh, we're the first and only uh, all-female garage in London. Amazing. Um, it, do you know what? It's like anything. To find good workers who, you know, but you, people that work for us, you know, it's people's safety. You know, people are very good at their job in order for them to work unsupervised. Um, mm. And it's, it's, it's really hard to find a good girl mechanic who knows what they're doing um, and is thorough with it as well, um, you know. But I just think there is there's quite a lot of girls in the colleges and I do think that maybe in, you know, seven to eight years' time, there will be a lot more female mechanics around the place because there is, at the college that my apprenticeship, apprentice goes to at the minute, I think there's about 14 girls, which if you go back to when I was at college, I was the first girl to take the course in my college. So wow. it is progressing. Um, and I know of other colleges at this girl. So I do think that in sort of, you know, a couple of years' time, the situation, hopefully there won't be other garages. Hopefully there will be working class. <laughs> but there will definitely be more girl mechanics in, in the industry. So do you think it's down to the responsibility of the, of the colleges or, um, or schools to inspire more females to get into cars? That is just sort of lie with the secondary schools. You know, when you're given your options for your GCSEs mm. and... I mean, you know, it's, it is a bit better. There's a school um, that my friend works in and they take the girls brick lane in, in year 11, um, you know, and a couple of them have gone on to sort of work on building sites and stuff. But so they are give, starting to give them more options. I think it's a lot different now. They get that not everyone is academic and they've got, you know, different strengths. Um, and I just think that they should put a bit more of it, instead of saying, right, what, what sixth form do you want to apply to? It should be right. You know what? Here's apprenticeships or options that you could do: electrician, plumbing, mechanic. You know, and it should sort of start within the secondary school. I reckon probably year nine or ten. You know, give them a chance to to try it out a bit. So, what makes a good mechanic? Someone who's one obviously mechanically minded. Um, you need a lot of patience. <laughs> um, you need a, a lot of patience, um, and so you've got to be passionate about it. It's not something that you can just you know, half-heartedly do, you've, you've, you've got to have them be completely switched on both mentally and physically. Um, so if, you know, if it's just something you're sort of half interested in, you're not going to go all the way with it at all. What would you tell your, your younger self then to inspire yourself into becoming a mechanic, to inspire you into, you know, becoming the mechanic that you are now, becoming the business owner that you are now? Something that makes you happy um, and, you're, and you're good at it and you enjoy it, you know. You spend more time getting up and working than you do sitting at home and don't let anyone say anything to try and belittle you or, or stop you doing it because hearing comments and, and, and being treated differently because you're either a woman or you're queer, there's no problem with you. It's a, it's a, the problem lies with the person saying it. You know, that's their own insecurities and just don't let it absorb on you and affect you in any way. Absolutely. No, that's that's... That's incredible advice. And I think, um, yeah, there, there needs, I think there definitely needs to be more, you know, business owners and business leaders like yourself that are, are out there and, and they are visibly queer and they are visibly, um, you know, out there speaking their truth, inspiring people, just doing what you're doing. So how can we support more 
you know, female only or queer owned businesses like yourselves? To, to, to support it, is, it would be somehow reach the sort of younger generation who, who don't really know what they want to do and sort of show them, look, you know what, you don't have to go through and put up with the crap that we did. You know, we're here or there's an all female plumbing business or, you know, let, let the younger generation of people know that they don't have to go through what we did because we've done it and, you know, we've got a, a nicer atmosphere for you to work in where you can feel comfortable and be yourself. And what does the, the future of the queer motor industry look like to you? Like I said, I, I'd, I'd like it to, to, to have a lot more involvement in it. I, I'd like, you know, more girls, especially queer people that, you know, don't have to go to work and, and take a load of crap just because of their sexuality. Um, and it would just be amazing if somehow we could sort of let them know that we're here and if, you know, if they're mechanic, they can come and work for us or we could do training or, you know, even try and put them in touch with another trade that they could, you know, fall into that if they weren't, you know, cut out for the mechanic. What would your advice be for anyone that wanted to start their own garage? Leave in yourself and do it. You know, anything is possible if you really work hard um, and it's something you really, really want. Um, you know, if you've got nothing to lose, have you? You know, but you've got everything to gain. Absolutely. And what about your advice to anyone applying to you, for example, for, for a job? What would your advice be to them? An email and have a look to see what you're about. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of um what kind of personality and skill set would you would you think that would be a real standout? Well, all the girls that work for us have got such different personalities, you know. I'm really chatty. We've got, you know, Lizzie, she's even chattier. Um <laughs> Siobhan's always sort of like you know, on the go. And then you've got Megan, who's like really, really quiet. You, you know, it's all the girls have such different personalities, but, you know, everyone fits in, everyone gets on. And it's, you know, there's, you haven't got to be, you haven't got to be a certain type of person to fit in with us because we're all so different. You know, it's like, it's like the real world just probably ruined for a bit of everything. So you mentioned earlier that you're a, a co-owner and I'm going to assume the other owner is your partner, Siobhan? Yeah. Amazing. So how is it co-owning a business together? So strange because we're with each other all day and then all night and obviously lockdown as well. So it's not even like we're going to sort of go anywhere and get away. But when we're at work with <laughs> two different people, we, all we talk about is what's happening in the day or in a certain car. Um, and then we come home and we don't really, you know, come home and then talk about work. It's got a seven-year-old daughter. So our oh, is completely preoccupied away from work. Um, but it's a couple that sort of live and work together. We don't even row. <laughs> so that's yeah, brilliant. Really I mean, I ideal. Friends, like, <laughs> if I had to live with them and work with them, I'll kill them. But we just really look forward to that half life just so we can be long and Siobhan and not stand as with manners. It's nice. Oh, that is lovely. And so, did you meet in the car industry? No, we went to school together, secondary school. Oh, and lovely. then we sort of, we didn't really keep in contact after school, but we've got a mutual best friend, and she kept saying to me, "Oh, she wants a hairdresser; she'll cut your hair." And then, um, oh, yeah, and then she started cutting my hair, and then it went from there. <laughs> Brilliant! And then you just so after you were taken over that first garage, was it then you decided, "I'm right; I'm going to have my own uh, my own business," and then you went into owning it together? The landlord actually sold the garage that I was in a year after I took it over. 
So I had to find right. another city, um, which at this point, me and Siobhan had obviously started seeing each other. Um, and we found this property mm. and obviously it was, you know, we just took it over together from the start. That's brilliant. So to any future business owners that potentially will go into co-ownership with their partner, what would your advice be? Well, I think if, you, if you're solid and you've got a good relationship and you know each other's weakness and strengths and you know when not you when you're with someone you know when they're about to go and you just don't push it anymore do you know what I mean and it's absolutely when you know each other that well you know each other's boundaries and the nice side of it is that if I'm having a day where I think I can't do this today she's right there behind me going baby you can you can do this you got this and because it's so much deeper than just just a business a business it's the personal thing as well The, the personal sort of kick up the arse we give each other is immense uh that is so lovely and it's not often that you do come across you know successful businesses like yourself that are um queer run and couple run as well so that's brilliant so lastly i would love to know how um anyone listening could get in contact with you or they could come and find you and connect with you how can they do that uh we're very much on social media we're on instagram um obviously we're on yeah instagram's our main thing really um which is just spanners at manners um we've obviously got the email again that's just spanners at manners at gmail.com um and obviously just google us all, all the details are on there um but we do reply to all messages on instagram and emails and stuff like that so awesome so finally what does the future hold for spanners with manners what's on the horizon for you guys on the horizon um are you looking to expand or? Well, you, you, do you know what? We'd yeah. love to expand. We'd like to have a few, but again, it's having this find them. I've got to find the staff first in order to, to fill them up and be happy mm. with them, you know? Um, but there is a few other little things possibly in the pipeline. Um, but yeah, this on early days on all of them, but there's going to be quite a, hopefully a few exciting things happening this year. You haven't got any more uh, calendars in the work with uh... well, we were going to do one, but obviously because of COVID, <laughs> everything's just been put sort of up in the air. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't chat to you without chatting to you about this incredible calendar that you did with Sadie Frost of all people. And it's a bit intimidating <laughs> having a modelling shoot next to an actual model. <laughs> it was a br- oh, it was brilliant. So yeah, just quickly before before we end it, you've got to you've got to tell us. So how you did a, a charity collaboration, right? With um, was it with Diva Magazine? It was with the um, Debbie Clark, the Debbie Clark Foundation. It's the Sir Hearts. Sir Hearts. It's it's a performing arts um charity set up for children that are sort of dis- dis- disadvantaged. So you know, kids that are into sort of that photography means- and that, but wouldn't be able to afford the the, the courses or even the camera. Um, it's, it's a really good charity, sure. which Zadie is actually part of. Um, so, um, yeah, we sort of collaborated with she's an ambassador. Them, so, yeah. It was a really fun day. Oh, Obviously, brilliant. it's a lot different than uh, changing a set of brake pads, but um, it was good. <laughs> yeah, of course. And so there's potentially more calendars in the yeah, future. Yeah, possibly. Then. Who knows? I mean, our person like Christmas <laughs> number one, but we'll have to wait and see about that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for speaking with us on business queries it was um really inspiring to chat to you and and learn a a little bit more about the the world of cars thank you very much for having me i absolutely love meeting laura getting behind the wheel on a journey of true determination and passion for an industry that just clearly desperately needs more representation for women 
and the queer community. Got some uh, mechanical puns in there, but Banners with Manners are just one example of a queer-owned business that deserves all the love and support it can get. It's people like Laura and her team being absolute icons every day, providing an essential service that is breaking the binary and gearing up the next generation of Spanners with Manners to live out their dream regardless. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Got a business query? We're all ears. Find us on Instagram or send us an email. We'll see you next time.